0: Hello there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough, as you may know if you have been a listener to this program before, is a project of the Canadian Council of the Blind, the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. And if you'd like to know more about when we're having our meetings, or what kinds of things we're doing, uh, the best thing for you to do is to send an email to peterborough at gmail.com, peterborough at gmail.com. We're going to chat with a couple of people today, but before we get to that, I wanted to remind you once again about a special that I'm working on. And in this special, we'll discuss the medical use of cannabis. So, if you'd like to share your opinion with us, all you have to do is to email me at insightpeterborough at gmail.com. Perhaps you want to uh, talk with me about the Reason for your use of cannabis? Were you prescribed uh, cannabis by your doctor? Did you start to use it on the recommendation of a friend? Do you like it? Do you think it works any better than other medications, uh, over-the-counter medications, and maybe even some of the... uh, um, Prescribed medications as well. Do you not like it? And uh, maybe your reasons why for not liking it. Would you recommend it to anybody else? Is it easy to get? Can you get it in this local area? And uh, when I interview you, we can do it With just the first name. No last names. I won't even say. Whether you're from Peterborough or not. You could live. Outside of Peterborough. I have a a couple of people. That I want to speak to. That live about three hours away. So you don't necessarily. Have to live. In Peterborough. um, We're going to be past the second anniversary of the legalization of marijuana, and I would like to have had it closer to the anniversary, but that's not going to work because today is the second anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. However, it is a topic for discussion that we can talk about Anytime. So if you would like to participate, perhaps what you could do is send me an email at insightpeterborough at gmail.com. That's insightpeterborough at gmail.com. One of the things that I really like to do whenever I can, and I, I haven't found too many uh, people willing to. Uh, share their hobbies or their businesses with me. But I did happen to come across uh, a gentleman that I know from uh, Ham Radio, and he actually was on Insight Peterborough talking to to us about Ham Radio as a hobby and the kind of activities that hams get involved with. But Keith Smith of Ennismore is also a movie maker. So I decided to have a chat with him about that aspect of his life. Well, hello there, Keith, and welcome back to the program.
1: Hey, thanks, David. Nice to chat
0: with you. Nice to chat with you, too. Now, the last time we talked, it was about amateur radio and i think we touched on the amateur radio emergency service as well uh but you also have something else uh, that, that you're do- doing you're a movie maker right yes i am how did you get into the uh business
1: well it's uh, a bit of a journey uh my you know when i was growing up um my family was uh, surrounded by a lot of people in the media and i just remembered that uh my dad, while well, uh, being a photographer himself, uh, an amateur photographer, we had a dark room there. And uh, one of his uh, good friends was a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker. And I just remember it was always exciting, you know, just to watch him uh, making these films, especially when we're chasing a train down uh, the uh, uh, Bayview Avenue. Uh, and my uncle as well. So it always intrigued me. And then uh, I was in music. I was in, uh, doing theater for many years. Uh, as well as being an engineering, and so I figured that uh, uh, slamming uh, theater together and the other arts together with uh, the to side of things, you know, with the movie cameras and the, now the digital cameras, and I was going to make movies. And that was the theory. So, uh, unfortunately, it's <laughs> uh, the learning curve has been
2: pretty
1: steep, but uh, we're getting there. Uh, just. Uh, movies over the course of the last uh, several years in earnest uh, now with uh, three films under my belt as well as two music videos. Wow. So, yeah, so it's been it's been a heck of a journey. It's uh, been a very great learning experience, but it's been a heck of a lot of fun too.
0: That's great. Now these movies that you uh, have made, are they short films or are they uh, full length?
1: Uh, they're, they're short films, yes. Uh, it's the great thing about short films is that uh, they uh, can take uh, very little time to produce, and then you also start to hone your skill sets you know, so that if you want to take on something bigger and better, uh, you, can, you can. But you learn with these little films, and then you can uh, move on to uh, uh, projects that involve a lot more grandiose uh, uh, sceneries or uh, 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 sets and, and scripts and sets.
0: Now, you talked about three films. Uh, can you give us some information on those?
1: Sure. Uh, well, the first one was uh, a comedy. Actually, the first two uh, were comedies. Uh, one was about uh, the perils of uh, information technology and how we tend to get a little bit uh, closer to ourselves based on our cell phones. And, uh, so it was called IT Love. Uh, the second one we did was uh, in collaboration with uh, 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 Kate uh, Kendrick, who did a, uh, a, a, sketch, a, a sketch comedy set. And I thought this would make a great film. So it's called Crazy in Love. And this spoke a person that you never, ever date. And so all the perils that could happen with that. Uh, and so we did that. That did, that did reasonably well. Uh, in the film circuits. And the last one we did was uh, called uh, The Photo. And that's about a woman uh, who has given up everything uh, after...
0: That'll be great. Uh, I remember last year, I think, um, on my birthday, I was su- supposed to come to uh, debut of your film. Was the photo the one that I missed?
1: Yes, it was, yes. Oh, that's too bad. I will, say, I will send you the link so that you can watch it.
0: Yeah, I'll look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Now, have you found it quite a learning curve to go from... and splicing films to the digital medium
1: Um, I never shot in uh, film itself uh, actual film Uh, that takes quite a lot of work as well as a lot of money too because uh, film was expensive Um, I forgot the the cost per film in some cases they're using cell phones.
0: Really?
1: Traditional film editing, you have to start from the beginning and go to the very end, and it was all linear, all in one piece. Non-linear editing means.
0: Responsible for going out and finding the cast members and uh, other people to help in whatever regard that you need them to assist. does it usually take to put a film like that together? projects uh, going on at the same time occasionally uh, at
1: times and i'm trying not to do that because i'm a great starter i'm a lousy finisher so oh. i'm learning my lesson shut up and <laughs> finish what i started so that's where I am right now yeah. i have a couple of other projects uh on the wait, uh but i'm not going to indulge in them because i have to finish off what i've already started
0: ah right Uh, With regard to the film about the pandemic, uh, do you have any footage of um, people with uh, guide or service dogs kind of not walking or wheeling uh, according to the arrows in the grocery store or getting a little too close because a dog would like to sniff the next person ahead of you and their reaction and that sort of thing?
1: primarily what he was doing it was shooting the loneliness of the streets um, and the quietness of the street and I'm using a, a, the background I'm using uh, Aaron Copland's Quiet City it's a, a 10 minute piece it's a beautiful haunting uh, piece that's in there
2: mm-hmm.
1: so uh, the first thing that I did was shoot the emptiness of the street 10 o'clock on a Saturday night on Hunter Street is usually uh, brimming with Nobody and I shot the street. I just sat, uh, stood there on the middle of the street, and I was there was not a car that went by. So there was that aspect of it. The other aspect, of what I was doing, I was showing how people are missing things during the pandemic. So I had people going up to their favorite store or a restaurant, etc., and seeing that the place is closed, and then turning, walking away. the uh, The other thing was that people who are such as uh
0: to or aside from the soliloquy, do do you find that you have much script in your films? Sorry, can you say that again, please? Uh, Aside from the soliloquy, the Shakespearean soliloquy, um, do you find that uh, there's a lot of, or do you use a lot of script? Okay, Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I've even heard people who have been filmed for a TV slot uh, for maybe three minutes on a newscast and say that only 30 seconds of it was used. Yeah. Now, I think the last time we chatted, uh, you mentioned that you do have multiple sclerosis. Uh, Do you find that that um, kind of saps your energy from time to time?
1: Yeah, MS is one of those diseases that you have to manage uh, quite vigorously. um, It's one of the biggest problems with that. There is an energy level gets sapped, you know, from the disease, so consequently I have to be able to manage what my energy level is going to be for the day, Mm -hmm. Uh, how much energy is going to be expended during um, a particular activity. So when I, well for instance when I go out shooting is that I generally rest during the course of the day. I pack up the car or the van the night before early in
0: Uh, Do you find that you often have to take time away from what you're doing to kind of uh, regain your energy level? Right. So have any of your films won any awards? Um, we've done okay with a few films. Uh, the
1: problem is that there's also a lot of other films that are out there. Um, I tried to get into uh, TIFF with, uh, with one of the films, and then uh, I got it got rejected outright. And somebody turned around and said, well, not bad. This is why well, I, I felt really bad about it.
0: Yeah. It's sort of like when someone submits a a, a manuscript for a a book. It all depends on who, which editor, yeah, which editor gets it and what their mood is at that particular time.
1: for other uh, types of filmmakers, women, people of color, etc., uh, is going to have a little bit more weight. Right. So that's another factor that has to come into play.
0: Mm-hmm. Have any of your films made it to the National Film Board?
1: No, the National Film Board is uh, something that you apply to at the beginning and it's a whole process. I might go to the NFB later on down the road, but right now, uh, the NFB is, um, they provide funding, they also provide uh, 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 coaching, etc., to be able to produce these films, plus the fact is that they also want to be able to see something that is going to be uh, unique, uh, maybe controversial at times, uh, etc. So they want to be able to advance the art of uh, filmmaking. Right now, I'm not in that category. Mm-hmm. And The other thing, too, is that I don't really have anything that would be of uh, NFP uh, worth, shall we say. I see. So uh, maybe down the road I'll come up with something. But right now, no, I'm just going to just stick to it, uh, what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. And um, let's uh, talk for a minute about the uh, music videos that you have shot Um who are the artists?
1: Uh, one was uh, Craig McEachern, uh "The uh, Loneliest Lover." Uh, we we did that. He was talking about uh, love, lost, etc. So we did that. Uh, unfortunately, it never got completed because he never completed the song. He uh, uh, we it was a concept we did, we did so that he uh, could get uh, hopefully a record deal. Mm
2: hmm. Yeah.
0: together in site Peterborough, I have to edit quite a bit from time to time, all depending on what the situation is, uh, whether I'm interviewing somebody with a lot of uh, ambient noise in the background, or um, you know, there are a number of factors that come in just with the audio part, so I'm sure that there must be with the uh, video part as well.
1: Um, audio editing, I I'm, I was. Uh, I will go back to you know, 30 years ago when I was in the recording studio multitudes of times, and I had my own uh, recording studio uh, at home as well, too, So, I, but I love doing that. Video editing, movie editing is a completely different animal, and it's something I, I have uh, grown to hate, and so consequently, um, I'm not very good at it because uh, it's one of those it's like taking out the garbage and yeah, I do it but
2: you know it's not something I appreciate right. um, The I have great respect for the video editors that I've been
1: using um, because they love what they do and they are so good at it and the other thing there is that because they do it so often they know the shortcuts and I guess maybe that's where I uh, fall apart with because uh, I'm not that uh, first at it like these these uh, uh, people are that's I have great respect for the people who do the editing um, They love what they do And they can pick up on so many things that I would miss ah. So the editing right now That I'm doing uh, Is uh, for this movie Because it's been pandemic uh, It's pandemic I'm trying to do everything myself And so that's where my uh, editing jobs uh, are going to be tested To the limit right now
0: Right Do you have a website piece That uh, people can have a look at?
1: Not right now. Um, we um, I'm retelling you so much right now, uh, and primarily is that the website takes up a lot of uh, a lot of uh, time and energy, and I'm trying to put everything in place before I actually uh, release that. The films are available on. Uh, will be available on YouTube, and I will be putting that up in a short time. So I'll have my own uh, YouTube channel there right now is that i put uh, the website on hold
0: Ah, okay, yes Alright um, Is there anything else that I've forgotten to ask you about? Oh, well,
1: I think you've uh, pretty much covered the basis um, I've been very blessed to, uh, at this stage of my life, to be able to say that I'm able to do this and I've got an incredible amount of people, great people around me, friends and uh, uh, who are uh in, in many, for a multitude of years, to um, so give me a hand, and do the great thing about you know the film industry or making the films, so I put up my hands. I'm doing this. Uh, can anybody give me a hand? And it's it's almost that you have to turn people away at times because everybody is so eager to help. out.
0: Wow, and that's great! They're
1: fabulous to work with. They're all fabulous to work with.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much, Keith, and we wish you all sorts of good luck with um, this project project about the pandemic that you're working on and any other future projects as well. Well, thank you, Devin.
1: It's always a great pleasure uh, talking to you.
0: Yes, there isn't much moss that grows underneath uh, Keith's feet, that's for sure. He keeps himself busy. You may remember that, uh, oh, maybe a year and a half ago, we chatted with a martial arts coach who worked at the scrapyard and uh, particularly enjoyed working with people uh, that have uh, Parkinson's disease and other uh, disabilities to improve their balance and coordination well now Joe Dawson is no longer at the scrapyard he has his own gym which is opening today and so we're going to speak to Joe about uh, what he is able to offer at Joe's gym well hi Joe and welcome back to the program
2: oh thanks for having me
0: So, the last time you and I chatted, you were working out of the uh, scrapyard uh, gym, but I understand that's uh, not the case anymore.
2: Uh, No, no, I've got my own location. Um, So, I just, I I took down the garage on one of my rental properties in East City, and then I rebuilt it uh, a little bit bigger, and I made it into uh, a training facility. So, yeah, that's where I'm operating out of now.
0: All right. Uh, What is it called?
2: Uh, It's called Joe's Gym, so that's where I do uh, personal training as well as run kickboxing classes uh, with a cardio focus. There's no sparring or anything like that. And then I also am going to be running wrestling classes as well.
0: So when you talked with me the last time as well, we talked about um, the work that you have been doing with uh, people that have uh, Parkinson's disease. Are, Are you able to do that still?
2: Um, no, so that was at Good Life, and because I don't work at Good Life anymore, I'm not able to uh, help out with those classes. Um, I'm not actually sure what the status of those classes are. I did really enjoy doing it, and it's something that I would do in the future, um, but since they already have it running there, I don't want to kind of, um, try duplicate. and them or anything like that, right? Yeah. Because they were my, my former co-workers who, who are running it there now. Right. Um... But, but, yeah, I did really enjoy that, and um, that's actually something that I, when I first got into personal training, I didn't realize I was going to really um, enjoy so much. Um, but I really do like working with people who have various physical disabilities or, or mental disabilities just because then uh, it's a way to show them how much that they, they can do despite whatever their limitations are.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, do you start by working on things like balance
2: yeah, so balance is, is huge even for any of my clients when it comes to training any kind of a martial art, whether they have a self-defense focus or whether they have a competition focus. Um, and so then that's, that's a big one, no matter really what the, the disability is. So one of my clients actually, uh, she's fairly visually impaired. She has partial vision out of one eye. So balance and depth perception is a challenge. So then we do a lot of boxing training, and that's improved her balance and her depth perception as well. She's able to, you know, use her jab as a range finder, which is interestingly the same thing that you would do whether you were fully sighted and competing. You use that jab to find your range. So she can do that, and then now she knows her, her distance from turn target, so she can throw her other punches.
0: Well, that's great. Do you also uh, work on dexterity probably for people with arthritis or...? other no yeah
2: exactly yeah and that's another thing the hand-eye coordination is huge which kind of it, it goes together with that that sense of distance and finding the distance um but the hand-eye coordination is obviously it's challenged when you're doing things like boxing or even kickboxing as well mm-hmm. um and because then especially when it's kickboxing because then now you're on one foot you know throwing your leg out there so balance and and dexterity is huge and uh clients will notice when they start to do this kind of training and i've even noticed it with myself when i was first learning like your overall athleticism improves as you're you're working on these skills you just become more kinesthetically aware so just your body awareness is heightened
0: sure now when you go to do do a kickboxing move do you have to be kind of careful that uh, they don't deliver a, a blow with a, a foot for example just at the moment that you're lifting your foot.
2: Oh, sorry. Could you say that again? I, <laughs> I didn't quite hear.
0: You. I know that was kind of confusing. <laughs> when, when you work with somebody um, that's doing kickboxing, yeah, uh, do you have to um, be able to watch the other person to know uh, to be able to have both feet on the ground when they deliver a blow? Because I can imagine if they kicked you while your foot was up and ready to kick them, it might easily knock you off balance.
2: Oh, exactly, yeah, and there's a whole strategy around that. And uh, the better kickboxers are better at timing their kicks so that when you throw your kick, then they kick out your support leg. Or, like for myself, if this was was mixed martial arts competition, so a little bit different, if someone's throwing a kick at me, that's probably when I'm going to go for one of my takedowns. Oh yeah. The background is wrestling, so it's it's going to be easier for me to take someone down when they're on one foot versus if they're on two. Yeah. Um, but then you get you get against the, the better guys and it's it's harder and harder to find those opportunities. Right. So so that's that's kind of how that works. But um, but I don't have any MMA classes going at the moment. That's something I might do in the future.
0: Okay. No, it's
2: just I have a wrestling class and then I have a kickboxing class, but I haven't done anything where I combine them yet that's something i'll probably do okay like in the future when the pandemic isn't so severe
0: yes Mm -hmm. and when i'm
2: able to compete again so yeah
0: so uh, but but kickboxing is not something that you would uh, use in training uh, somebody with a disability am i right
2: oh no i would use it
0: oh would you okay so
2: uh so actually one of my clients um Debbie, and I'm sure she won't mind be using her name. Uh-huh.
0: Um, All right. I imagine that if you're losing vision or mobility or whatever, there'd be lots of frustrations. Do you find that uh, that people can get a little uh, rid of a lot of of their uh, pent up frustration and that sort of thing?
2: Oh yeah, and that, that's actually the main reason that Debbie signed up in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted to deal with her frustrations of. Um, of overcoming their disabilities and everything like that that makes daily life that much more difficult for her than the average person. And so she wanted to use boxing as a way to get out that frustration and it definitely accomplishes that. Um, but it's been nice to accomplish all these other goals as well, but that getting the frustration out is, is huge for her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's been times when she's had to take breaks from training, whether she's uh, gone on a vacation or uh, she's doing something else. And she, she misses it she always wants to get back to it so it's
0: good oh that's great mm-hmm. and uh someone with a, a mental illness of one kind or another would benefit from that kind of training as well
2: oh yeah massively i can even say for myself that i'm definitely a lot better to be around when i'm training regularly <laughs> it's, <laughs> well, uh, it's it's a, it's an important part of my life and i been times that i've had to take a break like i had an acl surgery last year Ouch! and I, I wasn't able to uh hit the bag for a while and it was pretty frustrating not being able to do what i want to do and and participate in my sport but i'm back to full health now so i'm happy
0: terrific yeah and uh it's good that uh, you're Jim. sorry it's good that you're back to full health now especially because your own gym is opening.
2: Yes, exactly. That wouldn't be a very good example if I was on crutches. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's good.
0: So um, when is is there a grand opening, or how is that working?
2: Uh, so it's opening officially on Monday. Um, I've got a, a number of people registered to start uh, with my kickboxing class, because I'm actually going to do like a, a short introductory block with that. So for the last two weeks of October, I've got a 50% discount on my boot camp. And um, so it'll be $25 a person, and then that covers uh, four sessions. So it's twice a week. Wow. And um, another thing that I should mention is with these classes, um, everyone is in partners, but your partner has to be from your social circle. Ah, okay. So that way it's not people aren't... aren't, um, there's less of a chance of exposure that way. Yes. Um, so everyone signs up with someone from their social circle, and then they partner up on the bags. i have got four heavy bags, so I can have up to eight people in the space. Sure. And then that's the max size, which I would have anyway, whether there was a pandemic or not. But it does kind of help keeping the class sizes small, too, because then, again, it's it's minimizing the risk, as opposed to if I have, like, a, a room full of 30 people all jammed together.
0: So. Yes. Oh, Yes. So when you say Monday, you do mean Monday, October nineteenth?
2: Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, I was. Yes, uh, I, I mean the nineteenth. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it would be twenty-five dollars for each of them.
2: Uh, twenty-five dollars for the for the whole two weeks.
0: Yes. Okay.
2: Um, so yeah, so that covers uh, four classes.
0: Okay, but I mean twenty, like if um, uh, Debbie and uh, say her husband Jim. Signed up. That would be twenty five dollars from each of them.
2: Yes. Yes. And that would that would cover the two weeks there.
0: Okay. And then after that, do you know what your prices are going to be?
2: Yeah. So I'm going to run for the next seven weeks after that. So that'll be the four weeks of November and then three weeks into December, and then I'm going to stop for the holidays. Uh huh. Um. But for that. Um, I've got them a little bit discounted, too, not as much of a discount. But mm-hmm. uh, it'll be $150 for those seven weeks. And then, again, it runs twice a week, that, that boot camp.
0: Oh, wow. That's, that's really good.
2: Yeah. And then as far as the times go, I've got one group set um, already, but they're, that group's almost full. So what my plan is is just keep adding more and more groups mm-hmm. and then just pick a time that works for everyone in that particular group. So for the group that I have set, it's, it's 5.30 to 6.30 Tuesday and Thursday. Okay. But that doesn't mean that's the only time that the class is. So I'll, I'll put on different groups um, for other groups as they fill up, and I'll just keep adding and adding more times as, as more people uh, sign up.
0: Right. So you'll be doing individual training and uh, group training as well?
2: Yeah, yeah, just the, the small groups and then the one-on-one stuff. Um, some people are not quite comfortable doing even the small group stuff. So for them, I, I just do one-on-one sessions. Right. Um, like one of my high school wrestlers, sorry, I, I, coach, uh, I coach high school wrestling at TASS and at Norwood. All right. Um, so uh, a number of my high school wrestlers, obviously, they're not competing in wrestling because it's not running because the schools aren't doing any sports. Mm-hmm. So um, So they've signed up with me either one-on-one lessons or they've signed up one of the students um, doesn't feel comfortable doing the group stuff yet. So he's just doing one-on-one, uh, boxing lessons with me.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, do you yeah. do one-on-one wrestling uh, where you're the other person or?
2: Uh, yeah, I've, I've done that in the past. I don't have any one-on-one wrestling clients at the moment, uh-huh. but, uh, I've done that before and I've done one-on-one wrestling. I've done one-on-one kind of more general self-defense. Yeah. Um, Actually, uh, in law enforcement, so cool. he and I kind of worked on ways to to deal with violent people but in a more kind of, I don't know, safer way for, for him and them. Yes. Kind of using more of a wrestling, grappling approach mm-hmm. to, to deal with and subdue these people rather than, you know, throwing a bunch of punches and, yeah, beating somebody up. So, right. So, yeah, kind of safer methods. So, yeah, it depends. Like every every person who's signed up with me for the one-on-one stuff kind of has a different goal. Oh, yes. There, there isn't really like a one thing. Everyone's got like a different focus. Some clients only do kickboxing. Some do a mix of, of boxing and weightlifting, and some just come for the weightlifting. So it's kind of it, – it just depends on what the goal is because some people have more of a muscle-building goal. Other people are actually losing, working to lose fat. So it just kind of it, – it just changes with the, whatever their goal is.
0: Mm-hmm. Where would people contact you now if they wanted to uh, register for one of your classes?
2: Okay, so my email address is a good one. So that's djoedawson D-J-O-Dawson, at gmail.com. And okay. then also, I have an Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Which
0: Okay. Well, that's fairly easy to remember. Yeah. Um, and is there anything well, I else?
2: that name, actually. Sorry? <laughs> I figured it was the simplest name I could go with.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, is there anything else um, we should touch on?
2: Um, not really. I think uh, if you go to any of those places, if you have any more questions, I'll be happy to answer them.
0: Okay. Terrific. Well, thanks very much, Joan. Good luck with your new establishment and uh, getting more clients. Oh well thanks.
2: I'll, uh, I'll have to have all you guys out again. Uh, just like we did when we went to the scrap gear at that time. Oh
0: yes, that, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. I don't necessarily consider myself someone with a whole lot of frustrations, but I <laughs> I, I got kind of a, a, um, a lift or a, a high when I was able to uh, hit that punching bag and so I enjoyed that
2: oh well that's really good yeah I'm glad it's uh, I think I think it really is for most people I think it really is for everyone even another one of my clients actually like she considers herself a pacifist but loves doing the boxing uh-huh. and um, she does she's not a violent person or anything like that but she gets a lot out of out of doing the boxing and the different combinations and the movement and all that. Right. Um, So it's been, and it it was interesting because she kind of surprised herself with that. (laughs) Um, She didn't expect that she would um, enjoy it so much. So I think that everyone should really give it a shot. Yes. At least and see if it's for them. I haven't had anyone find that it isn't for them. So, so yeah, I think that's a pretty good selling point right there.
0: Definitely. Do you do any self-defense training?
2: I have in the past I've done women's self-defense training for various groups I did a class with um, with former victims of uh, sexual and domestic abuse
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: I've done and then I so I've done groups like that and then I've also done groups uh, in the high schools so I've trained uh, gym classes
0: All right. I've had a
2: pretty wide range um, the women's self
0: Yes. Um, so how many, typically, how many classes would be in a, a self-defense training course?
2: Um, so I've been going going back and forth on that because I've only been doing kind of short little groups for gym classes, and, like, the schools only want a certain amount of classes for that unit, and then they move on to a different unit. Yeah. Um, but ideally for me I would have at least, like, an eight-week ah, okay. uh, training camp for that just to get – and then from there, you'd, you'd want to keep training as well,
0: right? Mm-hmm. So you'd give um, them,
2: but yeah, because you want to keep practicing, right, and keep your skills fresh.
0: Yes. Well, that uh, might be uh, of interest to to people um, with a a disability, too, to know that they could uh, defend themselves.
2: Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm.
0: The other thing that that I'm thinking of that you may not have thought of, and I'm not sure how you would do this, but... If I were out on the streets uh, later on at night with my guide dog and someone decided that they wanted something that I had, having the dog, would do you think that that would present a, uh, a difficulty because the dog wouldn't be necessarily trained to protect? Uh,
2: I don't know the guide dog training, but I think just even having that dog with you would probably be a big help. I think that's going to discourage a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt your case. No. Having the dog there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also don't know enough about how they're trained. Yeah. But I think it would be definitely a help having that dog there as well.
0: Even while there would... I've
2: never really thought about that, but I (laughs) I would think any time if you're out on a walk, like even just any person out for a walk with their dog, I think that having that dog there is a big deterrent.
0: Right. Okay, thank you very much, Joe. Maybe I'll just get you to uh, give us your contact information again.
2: Okay, so my email is djoedawson at gmail.com. That's djoedawson.com. At gmail.com. my Facebook page is Joe's Gym, and my Instagram page is also Joe's Gym, and the handle is at joesgymptbo.
0: All right. Well, like I say, all sorts of uh, luck with that, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again sometime.
2: Already, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks a lot, Joe. Really appreciate this.
2: Oh. Oh, great. I I appreciate you reaching
0: out. And uh, good luck on Monday. Oh, thanks. Okay. And that pretty much does our uh, show for this week. Thanks so much for listening. And if you have uh, any thoughts of interviews that you might like to hear, by all means let me know by sending an email to Peterborough at gmail.com, insightpeterborough at gmail.com. Have yourself a good week. Remember the masks and washing your hands and stuff like that. I know you probably thought you could get through a whole show without hearing anything about the uh, COVID-19, but I sort of feel it's my duty every once in a while to mention it because uh, I certainly wouldn't want any of my listeners to contract the virus. Uh, That would not be a fun way to finish your fall. So anyway, be good to yourself, and we'll talk soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.